Hello? Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Everybody, everybody in the house. What's going on, everybody? You know who it is. You know what's going on. We're going to give people a chance to sort of come in. Um, let us know you're in the room. When you come in the room, we'll see you. We'll see you. What up, Caleb? We're live. We're live. Come in the room. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Diana, we see you. What up? How are you? We're going to give people a few minutes to come in. Um, I just want everybody to know that Malik is fired. Um, Kelly, <laughs> what up? Jasmine, what's going on? Malik is fired. Fired. Um, Thank y'all. As y'all come in, please share share out the live. Sharia, what up, sis? Um, as you guys come in, please share out the live. Share out the live. Um, Parker uh, Morella. I don't want to mess your name up. Yeah. How are you? Thank you so much for tuning in. Please share out the live as you guys come in. Um, we're not going to be on here long, but we're going to have a, a really dope, dope conversation. Um, I always say we're not going to be somewhere long, right? That's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, bro. I mean it. I mean it. What's going on? What's Please share up the live. We're gonna give people a few minutes. Like this, this, this live stream. Share it out. Uh, we invite you to be completely engaged in tonight. We're gonna talk about some things. We would love to get your feedback as we as we talk. Um, Tanasia, what up? My wife is in the room. My yeah. wife is in the room. Thanks for coming in the room, babe. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I miss y'all. This is something new that we are trying out. We hope that you guys enjoy this conversation. Um, let's try to get the number to at least 25, and then we can start. Share out the live. Adrian, did you share out on your page already? You might do now. All right, cool. Share it out. Um, see if your mom can share it on to Pilgrim Church's page also. And we gonna get started. Hey, Kiwi. Everybody, spread the word. Fresh fire. Share out the link in our our group. Let's let's get some more people in here so we can start this conversation. We got red cups tonight. At me. Deacon Greg, what's going on, fam? Good, cool. We're at 20. We need five more people. Y'all share out this vibe. Cool. What's good, bro? My mom is on. Mom, what's good? Mom, we're talking about... We're talking about some good stuff tonight. <laughs> you, might want, you might want to stay tuned. <laughs> uh, yeah, stay tuned. We got some good stuff going on. All right, we got 21, y'all. If you haven't shared out this live, please share out this live. Comment. Steph is in the room. Steph, I just fired your homeboy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Malik is so oh, man. I ain't never, I ain't never seen that before in my life. Uh, we need a meeting. Kelly, Kelly trying to provoke me. She's at Red Cups. This is a different side tonight, y'all. If y'all looking for Kibo uh, Boche, y'all wait till Sunday. This is straight conversation. This is a different side of, of ministry tonight. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy it. Um, all right, we good. As more people come in, they'll, they'll just catch up. All right, so this is what's going on. Um, first of all, I need to see everybody from Fresh Fire just start dropping those flames so I know that you guys are supporting this new endeavor. Um, Greg said formally, um, Caleb, we'll call you afterwards because this <laughs> is bad. 
Drop those fire emojis so that I know that you guys are supporting this new thing. This is something new that we're starting. It is called the Fresh Fire Talk. Um, and the intention of it, right? I'm all for intention. Um, the intention of it is that we um, just sit down and have regular conversation about really practical um, matters of the heart. Um, this is not going to be a Bible study. Um, it's not going. This is just straight conversation. Anyone who knows me, you know that I am um, a straight conversation person. I love talking. I love hearing people's experiences, hearing people's hearts, um, and all that good stuff. So, so that's what these these things are going to be about tonight. We have a really dope conversation, um, and it's going to be every other Tuesday. So whatever Friday we have, look, he's he's working. Um, Adrian, he's working. Finally, filling up. Um, every conversation, every Friday that we have Fresh Fire, the following Tuesday will be our Fresh Fire Talks. Uh, we have a really dope one coming up with young ladies. And um, you guys can send me topics and stuff that you want to see us cover um, with conversation. I, I promise you it's going to be good. We want to be open. We want to be honest. We want to just really, really spread um, and share our experiences. I want it to be about sharing our experiences. All right. So tonight's topic Drum roll, please. With a drummer, let me get a let me get a drum roll for the drummer. Uh, that's that's quantum play drummer or whatever. But um, <laughs> we want to um, we want to talk about dealing with assignment, yeah. grappling, wrestling with, handling assignment, purpose, um, ministry stuff. Um, but we don't want to limit it to just ministry. We want to we want to tie it all together with career stuff. Um, whatever you're passionate about. Um, so we want to have all these conversations. So tonight, if you ever watch Fresh Fire, um, you recognize this guy who is with me. Um, why I love him is because um, I love him because um, I was thinking about it today, Adrian. We sort of basically went through our ministry journey together. together yeah. Where um, When I was elevated as a youth pastor, um, you were one of the first people who signed on with me to work alongside me with me um, yeah. in the Minnesota Music at that time for Fresh Fire. Um, when I got elevated to ruling elder, you got ordained with me, so we were ordained together. Uh, when I started working for the church, you started working for the church like a month after. So we have pretty much, we have pretty much been in this thing together. So um, that's why I thought it was so dope to have this conversation with you tonight. Um, so I want I want to start here. I want you to share your ministry your ministry experience. I know the first your first ministry experience, um, and I'll let you tell it is when Bishop called you guys. I think it was before I joined the church. I don't think I was part of church at that time. <laughs> uh, but 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 share a little bit of your ministry experience. Um, yeah, so um, in total, like, in like a short synopsis, I've been at Pilgrim for what, now like 12 years, something like that. Um, the first time I've ever even touched a mic in front of a big audience when Bishop called uh, my brother and I up to sing. He didn't even know that we sang. He just saw something and we just started singing. And from then, we've always been a part of the music ministry, singing in the choir, the Judah choir, um, you know, have to be 13 in the dial to like sing Judah choir, something like that. Um, and then some some years some years later, we were in the praise team and um, I started to kind of, you know, pick songs a little bit um, with the um, leadership at that time. And then when Pastor Email became the youth pastor, let me tell y'all what happened, okay? <laughs> we were in, uh, one of the rooms of the church, and he pulled the praise team together. Um, and he says, hey, I don't sing. I need y'all to sing. Thank you so much. <laughs> and that was pretty much the end of the conversation. Um, and from from like that point, the Fresh Fire Youth Praise Team was born. Um, and from like there, he, he like kind of walked us through kind of everything. Um, and not just, you know, leaving us to, to our own devices, but he's walked us through the process of how to build a team out. And I think that's really important. And um, 2018, uh, I became the music minister of, of the church. I started working with the church. Passed the email one day. I'm gonna just tell the whole story. Yeah, tell. Email, just you might as well. You're telling everything. You might. As well. <laughs> I was I was working at the church. Uh, just being at the church early, like I normally do. And he's like, "Hey, I'm taking a walk with me." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> he's like, "So, um, what do you uh think about working at the church, being the minister of music?" I said, "Um, <laughs> like, sure." Um, and long story short, I've been doing it for, I'm in my second year now, going into my third in September, October. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much how I started in ministry. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you started with, with, with Bishop just sort of calling you out of nowhere. I think um, one of the things that I love about Bishop, um, yeah. 
was that he was someone who who saw. Oh yeah. He saw before we saw. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I remember the very first time. Like for those of you who watch our services um, Sunday morning, I'm the person who expedites um, the services right now. Uh, for right now, I expedite the services. And my very first time expediting at Pilgrim, um, I just happened to be in the back. We were celebrating um, an anniversary or a birthday or something. And whoever we had planned to expedite the service um, did not show up. And he was just like, I was standing there and Bishop was like, the person's not coming, we need somebody to expedite. And I was just standing there, he's like, okay, you do it. And I was like, well, I've never actually expedited a service. He's like, don't matter, you could do it. You know how to talk. I was like, but I've never, I've never done this before. And he literally pushed me out from behind the doors to expedite the service. And as I was walking, he said, and sing a song when you get up there. And I was just like, like what, what in the world? Um, he told me, you know how to talk. Um, and from that moment, I have not shut up. You know what I mean? So I'm grateful for him because he saw so much. Um, and I'm, I'm in the state of being uh, cultivated and, and all that stuff. Um, but Bishop saw that and, and believed that before it ever happened. So I'm grateful for that. So the leadership is one of the key things. That we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. So that's our ministry experience. And then I, I was youth pastor for a couple of years. I'm still youth pastor currently. I'm still youth pastor. Um, but I, I um, think it's one of the greatest assignments. I love, love, love being a youth pastor. Um, my wife is telling me to turn the phone down. Um, I love being a youth pastor. I think one of, it's one of the greatest experiences, um, one of the greatest roles, um, especially if you're passionate about it. Um, so if I say to you, and I want those who are watching us, I want you to participate in this part. When I say to you, ministry, like what what comes to mind? Like how would you describe or define ministry? Uh, that's a that's a big question. Um, I think ministry is the act of like serving others through the advancement of the kingdom. Um, I think that people get it confused. The ministry isn't about it's not a solo act. It's about um, helping people. It's about serving. That's um, one of the biggest assignments about ministry is about serving others. So if you can't do that, you're not ready for ministry. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, ministry comes from the word minister, which means servant. So really understanding that when you are called to ministry or when you um, you know that God has placed you in ministry, that you're really making a conscious decision um, to serve others um, in the presence Absolutely. of God um, for the glory of God, right? I think what you, one of the things you said is so key is, is yeah, Kelly, ministry is service. Um, Juan is it's absolutely about being selfish because once you accept, once you walk into that, you realize that everything else doesn't matter. You have to now put others first. Um, so I think that's very important that you understand that it's a life of serving others before Absolutely. God. You know? So that's that's one of the most the key things. Um, so we're going to talk about assignment. We're going to talk about ministry and all these good things. What would you say is um, one of your favorite things about being in ministry? Um, right now, um, one of my one of my favorite things is I'm doing what I'm passionate about. Um, if you've ever watched a Fresh Fire service or even um, a pilgrim service, a pilgrim service in general, you've probably heard a song. You like I've, I've never heard, heard a song before. Um, I get to write original songs, my original songs. Uh, people on the team get to help me write original songs. I get to arrange things. Um, just have a a real leadership role in, in the music ministry, which I've kind of always. Um, wanted and God just happened to just put it together. Um, so that's one of my favorite parts is that I get to write original songs and help arrange things um, as regards to the music department. All right, cool. I, I think I would say my favorite, one of my favorite parts of ministry, I don't really know if this is going to make sense, but um, I love seeing people cultivated, right? I tell this story all the time about how we were at a conference and everybody was doing praise dancers and poetry and flipping and bouncing and and it came to us and we had nothing to present. And that that moment was edged in my brain. And I remember saying at that time, this will never happen to this place where I love again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I will never if I'm a part of something, if I'm a part of this, and as long as I'm a part of this, we will never be this unprepared. With, with oil again, you know what I mean? We were going to be this prepared. Um, it, it, it was a really, it was an eye awakening, eye awakening, it was an eye opening. Yeah. It was an eye opening moment for me. I was just like, I wanted to make sure that never happened again. 
So I love seeing people cultivated. I love knowing that we have people who can play, who can who can minister, who can write songs, play instruments, um, open businesses. Um, we had our yeah. step team. We did. We do interviews. We've done plays. We've done. Like, we've done everything, and that means the most to me. Is that someone leaves out of 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 the ministry impacted. Something that Bishop Hudson is teaching about right now that sort of has me just in a whole nother headspace is he keeps saying you want to live a life that impacts people, right? So most people want to be successful, but you can be successful and not impactful. And that really blew my mind because most of us, we're looking at the crowd. It's so funny that we were so concerned about crowds. Um, they're now, they're on the crowd. Crowds don't matter. You know what I mean? Um, so, so I want I want to always strive to. I always want to strive to make sure people are in, impacted by what we do. Yeah, sure. That they love God because of what we do. They love God more. They want to worship more. They want to come to church more. Um, they want to read their Word more. Um, I think one of the, my favorite things about ministry is, is impact. Um, I strive to be someone that impacts people. Um, what would you say is one of the most challenging? Challenging. Um, uh, one of the most challenging things about ministry, um, I think it's like a plethora of things in, into one. Um, I think, but it's about my confidence in ministry. Um, coming from, I'm the youngest person who who has held this position, so it's like a lot of pressure, you know, trying to execute certain things that people are used to, um, you know, having, and just the pressure and my and my confidence. You know, when I say something, I mean what I say. Um, and just the insecurity of am I actually ready to like, do the job that people think that I can do? Um, and so it like took a lot of like, you know, not to sound deep, but like, you know, praying, talking to God, talking to you, talking to people, and you know, having not just them reassure me, but have having God be that I picked you for a reason, and that yeah. um, that's the only reason that matters. Yeah, yeah. How about I, you? I, think, I think me. Let me get my list. Let me, <laughs> let me get my list. Absolutely. <laughs> now, um, um, one of the most challenging things. That's uh, <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think grappling, you're laughing because you know I'm struggling, right? <laughs> um, um, I, 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 I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll say this. One of the most challenging things is 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 stepping out of your own space, your own head space. Mental, yeah. Um, one of the things I say all the time is, um, most times you are your own worst enemy, right? Knowing that that God has called you to do something, knowing um, that God has placed you, um, it, it's very difficult when you know yourself. So yeah. I feel a lot of my, my first couple of years in ministry. Sort of not really understanding why God picked me. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like I was just like, there are so many people who are more qualified. There are so many people yeah. who sound better. There are so many people who are way more popular. Um, like I spent so much time doubting the very selection of God, and I think that's one of the parts that we we really ignore um, because. One of the things is, is, I always quote this, I'm guilty of this, is Jeremiah 1 um, and 5, it says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before that came across, uh, I ordained thee to be a prophet. And we, we quote this to people for, for, for like uh, promotion and, and purpose. But it hit me that that between the before you were born and your now, there's a process. Wow, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and no one deals with the in between. Of what you're wrestling with, I wrestle with also um, the opinions of people. I don't know. I don't know if people want to admit that, but but I I've always tried to do ministry where I'm like, is this pleasing to to people? Um, yeah. But you know, I realize that ministry is about um, doing ministry or serving for people, but not to them. So I don't yeah. do my ministry to people. I do it for them. I do so that someone is helped. Yeah. Um, so that's one of my challenges. I try to step out of my head and um, not listen to not listen to what people say. But it's difficult. Yeah, because what what like people say holds weight. Like if you're honest, like if you if you hear someone saying something like, "Oh, he he doesn't know what he's doing," or like or he like talks too long, or he whatever. Like um, someone told me that I exalted too like that I exalt too long, 
And for a while, like, I remember two weeks after that, I didn't make a lot of words. As soon as I was finished singing, all right, take this mic. Um, but, you know, people's opinions can really, really weigh on you. But once you have that aha moment, like, you know what? You didn't choose me. You can't kick me out of, of this position. Um, and God is the one who can do that, yeah. You're making the decision that that you have to actually please the person that selected you, and I don't yeah. mean I don't mean necessary leadership because um, I'm a firm believer that if you follow God, you have leadership. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I'm sure the Bible scholars who will watch this will will tear it apart. But when when you when you really love God, then your service should please your leader. Because your leader loves God and your leader just wants to see you do what God has told you to do. Um, so so I think that's very important. How do you how do you move past you said an aha moment? You got that from Oprah. But um how do you move past how do you move past like really struggling with people's opinions? Um I think just that, that knowing that people's opinions are their opinions. Um and their opinions can be filtered through their insecurities. It can be filtered through what they church hurt. It can be filtered through whatever. So I have to realize that um, that their opinions can have multiple filters, but God's calling has only one filter, and that's His love and what He decides to do. So, um, and I, I think that that's a lot of people's problem is that when they when they hear people's opinions about what they're called to do, what they're what they're like passionate about, they automatically hear people's opinions. People like, what if they might say this? What if they might say that? And sometimes. It's your own opinion about yourself. Yeah. Well, you have to realize that your that your opinion doesn't matter. People's opinion doesn't matter. The only opinion that really matters, which is the true fact of what God called you to do. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely realizing that that struggle is really a dishonor of the collection of God. If I struggle with my selection, then it actually says that God made a mistake. Um, and one of the things I'm sure about, there's a lot of things I'm not sure about. Uh, one of the things I'm absolutely sure about is that He doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the most challenging. Um, what keeps you grounded? Um, keeps you motivated. What keeps you going? Yeah. Why do you Why do you do this when it when some days is difficult? I think. I feel like I don't want to discourage people too with this because I don't want people to feel like. Um, like, do you feel like it should be difficult? Um, no, I think it sh it shouldn't be difficult. I feel like you you may have seasons of difficulty, but I think overall. If that, if you're, if, if this is what God called you to do, no matter the highs and the lows, you're gonna push through because it's what you're passionate about, and that's what God called you to do. Um, so I think that one, you you have to be called to it. You can't just want to do it because it looks good. Because if you do it because it looks good, you're gonna drown in it. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but what keeps me grounded? Um, I think having people around you that will tell you the truth. Um, if anybody on the on the team, like they'll they'll like tell me, oh. Agent, you were kind of flat there, or you know, you didn't make the best decision there, or you know, whatever the case is. And as like silly as that sounds, um, especially when you're in the forefront of ministry, um, people don't say, it, but it can get to you. It can, if you and if you if you let it, people, you know, oh, you have a nice voice, that's a nice song. It can get to you, but if you have people who will tell you when you're wrong, people or even you, let me tell you, let me tell you something. That's you know, one time. Let me tell y'all story. <laughs> One time, he told me, "Hey, uh, hey, um, did you go fast this week? Did you, did you pray at all this week?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think so." He was like, "No, no, 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 go pray again." <laughs> um, and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I mean, but things like that is like, you know what? I didn't, I didn't pray like I didn't pray as much as I should, and things like that. As my leaders keep me grounded, the, my team keeps me grounded, people around me, my friends, um, have have people around you who will tell you the truth, who are not intimate intimidated by what they see, what kind of platform you're on, we'll just tell you the truth no matter what. Um, so yeah, I guess that. How about well, you? What's, what's the difference in your head between constructive criticism and opinion? Is there a difference to you? Like how do you gauge, okay, that was meant to make me better versus that was meant to hurt me? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, it's relationship. Um, if I know you and I know your heart towards what I do is pure, I can take whatever you say, regardless of how you say it. Just like that, if 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 you told that to some other worship leader, they probably will go home crying, like this 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 guy is mean or whatever the case is. But because I know your heart is in the right place, 
I can say, you know, that's constructed. Now, if it's a random, um, you know, boy headed guy in the street, I don't know. Then like, who are why you? Have, why do you have to be boy? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but a random guy in the street, you know, um, that's when I know that it's just an opinion. I don't take it um, to hold weight. But if I have a relationship, I can take it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I can piggyback off that. Um, one of the things that kept me grounded, and I always give props to my team, is my, my wife and my team have been instrumental in keeping me grounded. I remember when the pandemic happened, I, I sort of was almost um, creatively flatlined. And my wife was like, no, bro, like, get up, like, write, go get your sermon together, get back to planning, like, we're waiting. There were so many youth leaders and people who were serving in society who was like, what is, what's next? Yeah. Was like, is there something next? They were saying to me, what's next? So it didn't even give me a chance to be like, well, maybe nothing. They yeah. met with me, and um, and out of that pandemic, because of their support, uh, we launched some of the greatest services we had sitting right from our homes, you know what I mean? So I think team is very supportive. Very supportive. Having a supportive team is um, one of the, the key things. Um, but I also think, and I want to talk a little bit about that too, is um, relationship with God. Um, one of the things I think we got to really go back to is understanding how important it is to have a relationship with God. Like we keep having all these people who are trying to serve because they are smart or because they are trained or because they are the most popular in the room. Um, but but people who try to serve um, beyond their relationship with God, it is an empty service. Wow. It's almost like going to a really dope restaurant and they give you a, a bottle of water and it's empty. You know what I mean? And that's what happens is we went to the place, we got there, we're waiting to be served, we're waiting to, to participate. And when you give me whatever you give me, it's empty. Um, and I think that we have for a long time experienced a lot of empty, empty service. People who were just serving um, because it was their duty and not necessarily their passion. So I want to, let's, let's spend some time with that. Um, duty versus passion. Where, where do you stand with that? Um, I was actually talking to Malik about that earlier uh, today. Um, yeah. Baba talks about that. Malik, just in case you guys don't know, Malik is the fired videographer. Baba talks about how the Lord will give you the desires in your heart. Um, and I think that oftentimes we have to figure out what does my heart desire. Um, and I was I was I was saying earlier that if if our if our heart is lined with his heart, it doesn't matter what I think that it'll, whatever I desire is what he desires. So if I so if I pray a lot and talk to him a lot, it's like if you you don't you don't have to ask Melissa what she wants from White Castle because you're married to her because you have a relationship with her. Her her desires you already know her desires. Um, so I think that people um, that we have to realize that sometimes our like passions will lead us into a dark hole. We have to ask God what should I be passionate about, um, and I think that will help a lot of people kind of navigate through what. Yeah, passion, I struggle with this. I want to know what the people who are watching, what do you guys think? Um, should should you ever just be serving out of pure duty? Or or should should passion play a part? What if what you're serving, your duty doesn't match your passion? You know what I mean? Like, like what if what if my passion is music, but I'm serving, I'm serving on the, the custodian board. Custodian board? Like like, what do we do with that? Like, how do we how do we manage that? I want to hear what you guys think. Um, is duty more important than passion? Um, Sandy said our desire should be what God desires. Absolutely, absolutely. You want to you want to line that up. Um, like Adrian just said, is when you know, well, if I know my wife, I don't have to ask her what she wants to eat. When I get there, I know what she eats because of our relationship. Yeah. And a lot of us, when you get to service because you don't know God. You have no idea what he's expecting from you. you yeah, have no idea what he needs from you. Um, most people are really serving in the right section. Can I be honest with y'all? Um, that's a conversation that needs to be expected because that's the absolute truth. Um, Fern, if you can just tell us why why do you think that's happening? Man, that's so that's so true. Is that there are a whole bunch of people who are serving in the wrong place. 
Also, 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 not only are they in the wrong place, but they're in the wrong time. I believe that service is according to seasons. Yeah. Um, and once you look up, you could sometimes be serving so long that your passion has died and you're only serving with a pure duty to what you've been doing. That's a cultivation issue too. Because if you don't have anyone to cultivate what you're passionate about, you can serve in the wrong area because no one is there to push you in, in an area. If if you didn't push me and say, oh, I need you to you know do this music directing thing, I probably would have been in the same, just sitting on the choir, singing the praise team, and not had the, the proper push to get me to where I need to go. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's good. That's good because if Elijah had not pulled Elijah, Elisha would have stayed in the field plowing and would have missed his call to be a prophet. Oh, God, that's so good. So cultivation is a mega, a mega problem. I guess that would also go with what Frank just said. Right. A lot of people are serving in the wrong place because they haven't been cultivated into their right place. Oh, wow. that's so good. Um, but that's a responsibility of leadership. Um, yeah, that's good too, Sandy. Um, Sister Sandy, excuse me, how rude. Um, serve in the area you're in, but don't lose the passion for what you love. But I would also say, don't get so comfortable serving where you are that you know that you have no need to serve where you love. Uh, I don't want to sacrifice. It's just me. This is just me, I'm a strange person. But I don't want to sacrifice my passion for schedule. I don't want to. I want to be passionate. And my 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 absolute prayer to God is God keep me passionate about this thing. Yeah, yeah. I wake up and no longer want to do it. I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm concerned, and, and especially if you, if I no longer want to do it and it goes nowhere else, then that's that's dangerous. Um, so we have a lot of people. Um, wait, can you put Andre's comment back? I'm sorry. I want to. I want to. You're serving Yeah. Yeah, I hear you, Dre. Because well, when, when you know that it, that it stops, when when you know to go into your passion, how? Because some people serve in the duty for a season and get so comfortable in this season that they make it a lifetime. Yeah, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's also a personal thing. Is you can't become comfortable. Yeah, but I like that statement though. Keep it there for a second because really, serve in your duty for a season. You know what I hear God saying is He can trust you with your passion if you can yeah. serve in a place of duty first. Uh, that's good. I like that because a lot of us only want to go after our passion. Uh, but be skipped over the place of duty. Can I be honest with you? Is I am I am better in my passion because of my place of duty. Yeah. So I served in the church. Um, I, I did the grounds, and, and I I was the person who would pull Pastor's car out of the lot, and it, it meant the world to me to warm her car when it was cold. Yeah. Um, I was I was a choir director. I served in the, in the Judah choir. I was a choir director. Mm -hmm. um, Bishop did this thing on Sunday when he got up and said, "I want to do." I want to do um, an intercessory group and just start naming names. Um, and all the way at the end of the list was this 13-year-old boy, me, who was put on an intercessory board. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, this makes no sense. Um, but these are the places I had to serve to be where I am. Um, I, I was a choir director. Um, I did children church, um, youth pastor. So I don't want people to think that I'm serving in the seat I'm serving in now by accident. Um, the truth is, baby, I worked. Yeah, I worked the duty to operate where I'm passionate about. And I think anyone who knows me knows I am completely consumed with ministry. Um, my family and ministry are the things that consume me, consume me the most. Um, most people are commanded to serve, never scan to see what they where they serve best. That's very true. I know what I know what Fernando's trying to do. I know what he's trying to do. I think he's trying to provoke me. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I bind, I bind the provoking spirit. <laughs> oh man, Tim, real quick. Timlin, now Timlin, that's nothing really grows in your comfort zone. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, comfort is not the breeding ground for for success at all. It's it's not. Um, I think that it's those it's those times where like for me, example, where I was leading, just standing one place, and I, I can vividly remember you like being like, "Can you can you please move? Can you do something else?" And it was that the the moment where I 
where I just walked out on what I thought was a, in a in a um, dark space. That that's when I um I kind of grew into what people see now, and, and even now there's like certain areas that I need to grow in. But it's when you launch out of what seems good to you and what seems safe to you, then that's when you start to grow. Yeah. Yeah, if, if Peter would have never stepped out of the boat, yeah. he would have never known what Jesus could do for him. You know what I mean? And I think this is a great season where everything is sort of plateau that we can really step out of the boat and really, I love that actually. I, I, don't, I, I, I try my best to push people out of their comfort zones um, because I see so much great potential in so many people. Um, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. What else do you guys got as far as as far as passion versus duty, this is one of the things that really keep me up. Um, Ooh, true. <laughs> he always has. A <laughs> Adrian, you can um, you can take over the. the show. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't want to. Question for you, Kern, is how, how do how do people know that this is a climate that they, that they need to grow in? What's the what's the what's the deciding factor? Um, uh, <laughs> Amen, praise the Lord. Um, you know why? Because I am I am a I am a climate I'm a climate shifter. When I when I connect with someone, um, I did mentorship classes for a while, and and when we got into those calls, when I connected to those people. Um, I was charged. Um, um, Stefan said, "No growth, wrong climate." I want I want them to go. Y'all log off. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, I'm a climate shifter, and I was charged with shifting people into a a, a different climate. Um, I was I was charged with creating a conducive space so that people could grow. Yeah. Um, but I would say I would say that is my responsibility. I would say that is a responsibility of the place. You, where you've been planted. Can I be honest with you? Can I be completely honest with you? Is you have to be mature enough in God to say that if my fruit is not growing in this garden, it is my responsibility to find a place where I can grow. Grow, yeah. Right? But that means, hear me out, listen to me. That doesn't mean you just bounce from church to church, place to place. It means you have to be sure that you are so in relationship with God that you are not moving out of hurt feelings. Because sometimes what we think is where we're not we, sh we shouldn't be placed there is just a, a misunderstanding, a miscommunication. Yeah. Um, you never want to make drastic decisions based off of hurt feelings. Emotion, yeah. Off of your emotion, that's a better word. You never want to just make decisions based off your emotion. You want to take a step back. Um, you want to you want to be reflective. You want to really take time to grow. That's something that Pastor was saying this Sunday. Is, is where are those people who will self reflect? Yeah. You know what I mean. It is so easy. It is so easy. It is so easy to judge people. That's why I'm. I'm. I'm I sometimes get really worked up because um, for people to say anything to people like you and I, who have to operate every day, yeah. uh, or every week rather, um, it's it's just very difficult because you don't know what it takes for us to get up and do what we do, and you don't know how discouraging your your words can be to someone who has to operate every week. Um, do you want to be the cause of the reason why I don't operate in my, my, my space? Yeah. Because you don't like me. And and people can not like you, but they still should be able to respect your oil. Right? You know what I mean? They should be able to respect what you do. So you don't have to like me, but 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 you still have to respect who I am. So yeah, that's that's stuff. That's stuff. This is stuff that's happening, and, and I think a, it's a very dangerous place to be where you don't feel like you're growing or you don't feel like someone's cultivating your... Oh, so let us let me ask you guys this question. Whose responsibility is it to stay where you should grow? Like, like, like you're, not to say you're lazy, but you had it sort of easy because you had people who said, hey, this is what you need to do. And I, I sort of pulled you and we sort of who, was that my responsibility, or, or could you have been able to say, this is where I need to be? Um, I think that it was your responsibility to to see something in me that I didn't see myself, but it's my but it's my responsibility to maintain what you saw. Um, so I think because if you can you can see all day long, but if I don't do the work to maintain what you saw, then 
the, the vision wasn't wrong, but the but the work to maintain the vision was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that people have to realize that sometimes, you know, when we when he when like people see things in you, you have to work to maintain what they see. Um, so I think that's that's huge. Yeah, I think I think the important part is um, ministry is serving. Um, assignment is doing a task. Um, purpose means work. Like you have to work to do these work things. For it, yeah. So even if I see something in you, if you don't work it, then it's it's dormant. Um, I I think that's good. People need to pull. Absolutely, I, I think people need to pull too. I think people need to pull, and I, I sort of stay away from that topic because it becomes um, an emotional space for me because. Um, I, I try my best to pull people. I think that people do need a pull. Um, yeah. So let's 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 move from this. Let's move from this. Um, what is some? What are some of the things that you think um, will make you successful in your your passion or your your ministry or your career or your place in the tabernacle? Like what what are some of the things you think you need? Um, I think one, if you're gonna serve in ministry anyways. And you and you want to be successful. You have to have people around you, um, grounded people around you. People who, as I said earlier, aren't intimidated by what you do or by where you like call, being like called to be. Um, you need somebody who can cover you, who can who can push you, um, and also you you need some type of like not to be deep, but like prayer life. You need to be in constant communication with God. Um, yeah. So 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 that we don't get we don't get any um you know pushback. The first thing, right, ultimately is relationship with God. Absolutely. Right? That's where you are with prayer. Prayer requires communication, requires relationship. You don't pray to a God you don't know. You know what I mean? I wouldn't pray to Buddha. I don't know him. He's never done anything for me. <laughs> so prayer uh, requires relationship. Absolutely. So, so here's that, right? And this is not just for ministry. If you are in a place where you're lost in your career, you're lost in your purpose, you're lost in your assignment, you're lost in what you should be doing in ministry. The number one thing you must do is you must wrap yourself back in relationship with God. Because your purpose, your identity is not found in a church. Because the truth of the matter is, for too long, too many of us have been identified by where we go. You know what I mean? Um, and if you don't have a relationship um, with God, then you identi identified by your action, by your service. When people yeah. see, oh, he's a choir director. You know what I mean? This you don't want to only be identified by what you do. I always say um, to people like like these preachers who they just love preaching so much, but they have nothing outside of the pulpit. So what what happens if you never touch a pulpit again? Does that mean you have no identity? So be careful that your identity doesn't your your service doesn't become your identity, but your relationship with God should be your identity. So and not just that, I think that also that um, by like being in constant communication, constant communication with God, um, one of my prayers this year is that God would add commas to my life, that I'm not just a music director, I'm not just a worship leader, that I'm that I that I do something more than what people see me do. Um, so yeah. that's that's kind of and I think that that should be a prayer for everyone. I don't just want to be labeled as one thing. God add commas to my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'm. I'm gonna use that. I'm using that. You didn't say that. Y'all didn't hear him say that. Y'all didn't hear him say that. Um. Yeah. That's that's absolutely amazing. Like. Like God, I love you so much that that your service means so much to me. Add commas to my life. I don't want to just be this. I want to be everything that you have positioned, called for me to be. That's that is dope. Um. Yeah. That's good. So first thing is a relationship with God is absolutely key. Um. I'm tired of seeing people who do not want to um, have relationship with God, but want to serve in a capacity in a, in a church, then then you're serving out of flesh. You're serving out of out of attention. You're serving out of, of just wanting people to see your name. I mean, we know a lot of people who, who operate because they want to be seen. You know yeah. what I mean? So we don't want to, um, we don't. <laughs> Okay, for okay. we don't want to go there. So, so relationship with God is absolutely, absolutely key. Um, one of the other things I heard you say um, is mentorship and such. Mentorship is, um, and this is something that Fernando and uh, me and my, my my guys we always talk about is is it is very important that there is someone who can do what you do if you don't come back. 
If if I'm not well and I can't make it or I have something, there should be a continuation of me somewhere. Yeah. Right. But that only comes from from mentorship. Um, if you don't pour water into a glass, then you can't get a drink. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important. Is if you're not pouring into anyone, don't expect any anything to happen. So I think that's very important also. So we have relationship with God, also um, mentorship. Finding someone who can support what you do, understand what you do, um, really pour into you, mentor you, grow you, love you. Um, and sometimes mentorship comes with correction. Um, I find a lot of people, they want the mentorship but don't want the connection. Um, to a lot of people, mentorship means riding in the car with a leader. Um, but and Malik, Malik is fired, and I don't want to talk to him, but one of the things Malik says to me is all the time, look, 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 he's in, he's in. Um, it, it's not about also, it's not always about only riding in the car, um, but the conversations that happen in the car um, can sometimes really change your life. Okay. You got to be willing to to be able to look your leader in the face when they tell you um, you're wearing the wrong type of underclothing. And what does that do for mentorship? Like, what does that what does what I wear have to do with anything? Everything matters. I am very careful about who I endorse. Because who I endorse is an extension of where I am in God. Yeah. And if if you are a lazy leader, a worship leader, and I put you up on Friday, it, they would just automatically expect for me to be a lazy minister. Yeah. Because you're a reflection of what I do on Friday nights. So mentorship, um, not just good mentorship, but bad mentorship. Sometimes you also learn what you don't want to do from your mentors. You know what I mean? You learn a better way. There's so many things that I will never do because of the way I grew up or the what I've learned as a child, what I saw as a child. Um, I never want to take that into what, what I, I do now. So mentorship is definitely important. What else we got? Um, the, the right support system. Uh, right. So yeah. the support system is, is knowing the right how would you what would make the right support system for you? Um people who who will who will push you. Um even even when you don't want to be pushed, and I, I it it sounds simple, but when you when you but when you like feel like you have that you're at a dead end, you need somebody who's gonna tell you, hey, like like bro, you got more in you, like yeah, keep doing like when don't yeah. don't become lazy, don't become stagnant, don't become yeah. complacent. Yeah, when yeah. you're at it when you're at a dead end, they don't tell you to stop; they tell you to do a U-turn. Mm. Yeah, a support system is so, but that means you have to connect to people who are not jealous of you. Yes, right. That means that, that understanding that I don't have to do the same as you. What I have to do is, is, is great. What you have to do, and if we were together, we can do something so great. It's kind of like that demonstration I had with you guys with the chains, realizing each of you are individually important, but once you connect, you're a bigger chain. You can do more damage when you're connected. Yeah, team. That's good, too. Oh, sorry. Um, okay, so 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 having a support team is, is good, too. Um and the last thing I had on my list was creativity. I think that a lot of us have sort of, um, and I think this the pandemic has pushed us through. One of the most creative people I know is, is um, um, Fernando. And I've watched him push himself to the limits during this pandemic. He's pushed me to my limits. Um, he just said to me, I was like, bro, like, I need to sit down with you. Like every every sermon you, you, you get up and minister on a Friday night should be a book. Like I'm telling you, like what you put out every Friday night is worth being in a book. And I went home like, hey, <laughs> I can write a book. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, he's right. Like, it, it, that pushed me to sort of be like, yeah, what's going on? But it also make, means that I have to now be creative. Every week when I get up, I have to be able to minister in a way that's effective, that's creative, that keeps the attention. Um, so don't become dull in your assignment, right? I tell you that all the time, too, is, is if the assignment is boring, it's because you ain't doing it. Yeah, you ain't switching it up enough. You're not doing enough. So like, um, don't become don't become dull. Don't become complacent. Um, and God can really work with that. God will say to the person who who's in ministry, but uh, they feel stagnant. Like um, as it, as it pertains to my creativity, I just feel like they're not being innovative enough. Like, what is the breeding ground for creativity in like ministry? 
I would say, I would say relationship with God. I would say also that, and this is something that we would been we have been very guilty of, is you also become creative by branching out of where you are. Yeah. So as a child, and Bishop would always say, so why do you do this? I would be on the internet all day just searching different church websites. Um, because I wanted to see what everyone was doing. Yeah. I want to see how people were working. Um, so you you can never be creative um, in a in a, a room with a closed door. When you step out of that room, you look around, you see the way other people are decorating their house. You don't do the same thing, but you use what they're doing as a as a foundation for your own creativity. Yeah. Um, when I tell you I sleep, and and creativity comes out of me. Like, like I'm crazy. Something I wanted to do, I was just telling Courtney and them today, it, it sounds absolutely crazy, makes no sense, um, but I know God gave it to me. Um, some people also are created by nature. When I sit down with you guys for Fresh Fire, I give you an entire year worth of, yep. because that's just how God works with my creativity. And if you notice, none of our stuff is the same. You know what I mean? I always try to switch it up. I think some people are just created by nature. Um, some people don't think they're creative, but it's because they won't try anything new. So try it. Be open to ideas. Absolutely. Absolutely. That comes to uh, a team. You can become creative. You're just as creative as your team if you listen to your team. <laughs> you, can't, you can't blame your team if you if everybody's giving ideas and you ain't accepting them. You know what I mean? That's good. Thinking outside the box or as if there is no box. Yeah, I love that. And I love that. Know your niche, yeah. Know what you're good at, and whatever, whatever, whatever you you're good at, seek to perfect it. Right. I I am. I think I'm pretty dope, you pastor. But I always seek to do more. You know, one of the first things we don't agree. Let's let's <laughs> talk. This is the one, bro. Let's let's hammer it out. When I first became a youth pastor, um, I studied and did research on on what a youth pastor should look like, how a youth pastor should, should talk, how a youth pastor should dress, what our services should look like. Um, I did research on my role because it meant a lot to me. Um, I think you also got to take a moment to, to study. I would say study to show that stuff approved unto God a workman that needed not to be ashamed, but rightly divided the word of truth. Um, you got to study to be better. So anyone who is watching, <laughs> anyone, <laughs> <so bad. laughs> anyone who is watching this and you feel stagnant where you are, um, step out of the box, trust what God has put in you, um, reevaluate your team, build relationship with God, um, get back in alignment. Don't allow the outside to open up and you're the same. One of my biggest fears is that things will open up and we'll be the same. I do not want to be, I don't want to be the same father. I don't want to be the same husband. I don't want to be the same youth leader. I don't want anything about my life to be the same. I don't believe that God took us through this um, to keep things the same where we are. So I definitely want to, I definitely want to change. Definitely want to get better. It takes time. It's all a part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The process is good. Stop running from your process. Stop running from your process. Um, all right, I'm good. I got, I got, I got my stuff out. Uh, I'm good. Are there any like Q and A? But are we doing that still? Yeah, let's do that. You can host it. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, sorry. Um, any any questions to pass the email uh, about about ministry? <laughs> I know it's like a lag or something, but I do not want to be saying yeah. It's like also a faith, a faith, um, a uh, question of faith. Do I believe God? That he's like calling me to do whatever I'm I'm doing, whether that's to open a business or whether that's ministry minded, whatever it is. I think that some sometimes our insecurities speak to our unbelief. Yeah, we spoke um, about that on Friday. Is yeah. your insecurities will find a behavior to attach itself to? Yes. Um, yeah. So believing God is 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 definitely an issue. Believe if God put it in you, um, do it. Find you someone you can attach to and you can pull from and will push you. Yeah. Do whatever God has called you to do. Write that book, write that song, do whatever is in you. Open that daycare, open that restaurant, yeah. that recipe. Can I tell you something? It's even as simple as, as changing the way you dress. 
Some of us are so stuck and we wear black all day and, and we don't even change what we wear. We don't even change the color. Can I tell you, if you have to start small, start small, but start somewhere. You know what I mean? So that's that's good. You guys have any questions you guys want to want to pitch to us? We can attempt to answer. I, I want everyone to be encouraged that 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 you may not be called to do what I do, but you're called to do something. Yeah. Um, and the only way you're gonna find that something is if you find yourself in God. Wrap yourself. Your identity is in God. There's no other place to find who you should be than than in the place of the of the God who created you. Yeah, my Sandy said, just step out and do it. Just step out and do yeah, it. Yeah, because God won't let you fall if he's if he's called you to it. But even if he lets you fall, even if he lets you fall, um, the Bible says that all things work together for the good. So this didn't work doesn't mean that I shouldn't do it. It means now how do I make it work again? Yeah. How do I improve this? How do I make it better? You know how many times we sat at the table and, and said, okay, that didn't work. How are we going to do this again? Yep. First fire exists today because we never gave up. We, we would sit around the table and say, okay, y'all, that didn't work. How are we going to make this better? Yeah. You got to keep going. We may not all be meant to be famous, but we're meant to be great. Yes, uh, yes, man. And make a decision of what means more to you because sometimes both don't work together. Yeah. Learn from your fall, absolutely. I've I've learned. I've I have bruised knees. I have battered, but I'm 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 still doing what God called me to do. I'm still doing what God called me to do. Learn learn from it all. Learn from it all. What else you guys got? Anybody have any questions? Anybody? If this conversation has helped you at all, will you let us know that it's helped you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man, we don't. We need to really write a fresh fire book, bro. Because we, when I tell you the stuff that we we have had to, the stuff that we have had to pull together, and and you know what's so funny is you wouldn't know it. You would sit in our services and you you would not know the stuff that was going on behind closed doors that we had to we had to do. Cool. So you guys be on the lookout for these conversations. It's not always going to be me, um, but um, every Friday when we have Fresh Fire, that following Tuesday, eight o'clock, meet us here on Fresh Fire for as long as God gives me to do this, we'll do this. Just, just conversation, just, just God-centered conversation, productive conversation. Um, because people do a lot of talking, but it doesn't help. Um, I'm in the season where, where this is the season of the voice for us at, at Fresh Fire. Um, but it also means we want help. <laughs> yeah, I remember we we did it all. We did it all. All right, y'all. We love y'all so much. I love you guys so much. Um, thank y'all for indulging us tonight. Um, Adrian, thank you for for what you do. Thank you for who you are. I think one of the greatest things about you, I um, mean, this is no shade. This is no shade. Um, one of the greatest things about you is not your gift. Um, I love how sincere you are. Mm -hmm. I love how honest you are with with yourself about yourself. Um, and I love I love who God is making you to be. You make me so proud. You make me so proud. Anytime I feel like quitting, I look at people like you and I want to keep going. Um, I look at people like Caleb and I look at people like Kayla and Timberland and and, and Naya and man, I want to keep going. I see how many businesses have come out of Fresh Fire and. I just want to keep going. So, so thank you. I don't think I've ever told you thank you. Yeah, but yeah, I do. Right? I know. I, I talk a lot. I talk. I like to tell people if you've ever in a space with me, chances are I'm going to tell you how I feel about you because yeah. I, I don't ever want people. I don't ever want people. My life is going to distract me, but I. I, um, I never want people to, to not know what I feel. I love everyone. The, the Fresh Fire staff has been the most amazing. Not only small, but they have been the most amazing friends, um, family. I, I love all you guys so much. Um, I appreciate you. Absolutely, Missy. Felicia, you trying to make me cry? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm grateful. I hope they do. I hope they appreciate. I hope they. I hope they see me and see my heart and know that I love them. 
Do you still do some love, right, Adrian? Of course, yeah. I do love you guys. All right, we got to get out of here. Um, I love you guys. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, yes, uh, sir. I'm past. Oh, what? what was that? <laughs> was like a game call? No, no. <laughs> okay. Oh, come on. Uh, we out. We out. We out. I love you guys. We'll see you next time. All right.